Well, greetings, everyone, to this special announcement today uh, for Irreverent this week. So I want to let you know what's going on, uh, because you're probably thinking, what on earth is this? Um, well, uh, this week we're doing a special episode with Danny Duran of the Infinite Jigsaw podcast. It's kind of an Advent uh, Christmas uh, retrospective, which by the time you see this, you might have already uh, you might have already watched it. Um, however, the structure and format of that episode means it's it'll be harder or impossible, really. Well, not impossible. It just wouldn't work very well to um, put the kind of um, more sort of spiritual and reflective content in that we normally do. So I thought I'd do a little address um, for you now. And I particularly thought it was important because this week, I think it's been quite a difficult week for lots of people. Lots of people are concerned about the, uh, the restrictions that are coming in. Uh, once again, that's very worrying for pretty much everyone, I would say, um, people who are very supportive of the narrative and also people who are not supportive of the narrative uh, as well. I would have thought it's it's quite disturbing for everyone involved. So I'm just going to um, share a brief reflection uh, from scripture, carrying on with our readings in Revelation uh, in a moment for those of you who would like to uh, to join me in that. And I hope it will be encouraging to some degree to you. I just want to do a, a quick notice uh, first. And uh, by way of doing this notice, I'm going to uh, share my screen. So here we go. I'm hoping that this will uh, this will work really nicely. Here we go. So um, this is uh, a friend of, uh, well, a friend of mine has a friend who is basically a refugee from Canada. And her name is Susan. Here we are. Stanfield, Susan Stanfield, and she's she's a designer, and she's fled from Canada, um, where uh, things are obviously very very difficult for anyone who's not with the narrative. And now she's living uh, in England. But I've been asked to promote her products, which I'm very happy to do. As you can see, she does these um, t-shirts and other types of stationery with uh, slogans, sort of anti uh, anti lockdown. Uh, slogans on them so some of these are about Canada specifically um, but but she's setting up a website in the UK where you'll be able to buy t-shirts and things um, with slogans like this so this is healthjusticetees.com that's healthjusticetees.com there is another website healthjusticetees.co.uk which is currently under construction so you'll be able to buy um, some of these things and actually um, apparently she's going to be sending us um, the host of this podcast some of these uh, t-shirts so we're going to see uh, what they look like on on us hopefully I've ordered one for Tom uh, he doesn't know yet but I think he's going to look very good um, on it uh, right to health uh, no law no more lockdowns in BC presumably that's somewhere in uh, Canada flatten the fear I like that one moral courage you can have all these things um emblazoned on your your t-shirt and walk around um wearing them so do uh, do support susan and uh, buy her pl- products um healthjusticetees.com or healthjusticetees.co.uk um i'm i'm sure we'll, we'll plug that plug her stuff again uh, at some point soon so susan stanfield who says she designs justice so that will be uh, that'll be a good thing to be wearing in these uh, these days and weeks going uh, going on. Anyway, let's have a uh, let's have a brief uh, prayer, and then I'm going to uh, read short passage of scripture, and then offer some reflections on it. So, uh, beginning with the Lord's prayer. 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to continue with our reading from the book of Revelation. Just uh, just a few verses. Oh, and um, I was at a retreat this week and I actually left my um, Bible. I use the revised standard version normally. I left my Bible there. So um, I'm hoping I'll, I'll have it sent back to me. So today I'm going to read from um, the Orthodox theologian David Bentley Hart's translation. David Bentley Hart, you may have heard of, you, may, you might not. He's quite a controversial uh, American uh, theologian who did a, um, a translation of the New Testament, which I like to use sometimes. And uh, for this passage in Revelation, I'm going to use this. And I'm going to be reading Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 to verse 16. So this is about uh, John, the writer of Revelation, when he was on the island of Patmos in exile. So it reads like this. On the Lord's day, I happened to be in the spirit, and I heard a voice as loud as a trumpet behind me saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven assemblies, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. And I turned to look towards the voice that spoke to me. And having turned, I saw seven gold lampstands and amid the lampstands, one like a son of man, garbed down to his feet and girdled around at the chest with a golden cincture and his hair and his head and hair were as white as wool, a white like snow and his eyes like flames of fire and his feet like fine brass, as if fired in a furnace. And his voice was like a sound of many waters. And he held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. And his face was like the sun shining at full strength. As I say, I know it's been a, a difficult week for lots of people. I've seen, seen comments. I've, I've received emails from people who are um, in great despair over what's going on and and completely understand that it's totally understandable lots of people are feeling the same things at the moment I was reading this passage and thinking you know what would be the best thing for me to say about it and one of the things that stuck out to me really begins at the beginning of the passage when it talks about the way that John was in the spirit now in Hart's translation he actually says in spirit but I think most translations would say in the spirit which is why I stuck it in there in my reading now what does that mean that he was in the spirit? Now, we don't really know. He might have been in some kind of trance, but I think at the very least, it means that he was being attentive to God, that he was seeking God's purposes, seeking a vision. Now, John was on the island of Patmos, which was probably a barren place. He didn't really have much to distract him. For us in our world today, there is much to distract us. And I've been thinking about this quite a lot recently. A friend of mine recently said that um, his son was watching TV and he changed the channel from one channel to another. Uh, the dad did. And the son said to the dad, that's right, dad, change the drip. That's right, dad, change the drip. By which he meant that the TV is like a kind of drug that distracts us from what is really important or significant in life, be it politically or spiritually. And of course, this might also remind us of uh, Brave New World. If you've read that, you know the story. The drug that they take is called soma, um, which which means which means body in Greek. Um, but soma um, is a drug that they take in order to keep themselves happy. They're all happy because they're all on drugs, which make them happy. But this happiness means that they're not engaged with any kind of depth or reality 
in life. So it's hard for us in our culture to be properly engaged with deep spiritual matters because there's all this soma around, because there are all these drips that we can plug ourselves into. Now, John in the Isle of Patmos, he was he didn't have anything to distract him. He was just you know, on a barren rock in exile. And so he prayed and he was in the spirit. Now, I would suggest, and I've said things like this a lot before, that as we as we move deeper into a, a time of difficulty, we have to use that difficulty and, and the sense that things are being stripped away from us as an opportunity to focus more on Christ and, and on prayer and on living a holy life. Now, it's there's injustice. Of course, there is. Um, there are lies. I believe that almost everything we're being told really is a lie, if I'm perfectly honest. But but as we encounter injustice, as we encounter things being stripped away from us, that has got to sharpen our spiritual sense. It can't lead us off into despair, can't lead us off into certainly not into sin. We have to focus more and more on Christ as things get harder and harder. Was it just for John to be uh, on the island of Patmos um, in exile just for being faithful to Christ? Of course it wasn't, but he used it in order to focus himself spiritually. So he was in the spirit. And, and this is where this wonderful vision appears. I heard a voice as loud as a trumpet behind me. I heard a voice as loud as a trumpet behind me saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven assemblies or to the seven churches. Now here are the seven churches that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. These seven letters, are, they're going to come. These represent all of the church, not just the church then, but the church throughout history. And these letters are interchangeable. Every letter is addressed to every church that there has ever been. There's something relevant for every church in each one of these letters. It's interesting, actually, that in the, I didn't, I didn't know this until I read about this uh, passage, but in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes to seven churches. It's interesting, isn't it? Seven churches in the Pauline epistles, the letters that Paul wrote, seven letters here, seven representing completeness or fullness. So these letters to Ephesus and Smyrna and so on, this is to all the church and it's to us today. These letters are to us today and we're, we're going to get into them in future weeks. So John turned to look towards the voice. Interesting language there. He looked at the voice. He didn't turn to hear the voice, but he turned to look at it that spoke to him and he saw seven gold lampstands. Now these gold lampstands are very important. These lampstands represent churches. And it's very, very clear from the context going on that they do. And we'll see that in future weeks, but if you don't know, you have to trust me or just look ahead, but these represent uh, churches. Now it's interesting that these lampstands are lampstands and they're not lamps. They are not the lights themselves. In other words, they hold the lights. Now they're golden lampstands because they're precious, but they are only precious insofar as they bear the light of Christ. So think about that for a minute. The church, the church is important, but it is only important insofar as it bears Christ's light. Christ is the light. Church is not the light. The extent to which the church shines is the extent to which it reflects the light of Christ. And as Christ says in these letters later on, uh, he can remove the lampstands from the church so that they no longer have an opportunity to bear his light but that's because they've already stopped doing it so our our role as as the church and as individual christians is to bear the light of christ and we shine we are radiant to the extent that we reflect him talks about now this vision of jesus amid the lampstands so there's 
I sort of have this picture of these golden lampstands all sort of standing around this fairly dark scene. Don't know why it's dark. Maybe it's because there's there's lamps there to 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 light it up. Amid these lampstands, he sees one like a son of man. So this is Jesus Christ, uh, garbed down to his feet and girdled at the chest with a golden cincture. Now this is this is a picture of Christ in a priestly robe, representing his priestly role um, as the one who represents us to God, uh, represents humanity to God, and represents God to humanity. This is why he's wearing this this priestly outfit. Now normally wear a cincture, which is a kind of piece of material that goes round your waist or your loins. Wear it there. He's wearing it round his chest, and there's various speculation as why as as to why this might. Mo- might be it's not entirely clear his head and hair were as white as wool now whiteness here representing the ancientness of christ the fact that he has always been and always will be uh, it represents sanctity it re- represents purity represents wisdom so he has this he has this white hair and his eyes were like flames of fire again fire which illuminates it's like his his eyes are illuminating everything he he looks at it's it's like he can it's like he can see he has this vision which which radiates out and understands everything. And it also has connotations of judgment as well. His feet were like fine brass, as if fired in a furnace. Now, many people have speculated, including I was reading earlier, Bede, that, um, that this indicates, these bronze feet may indicate the persecuted church or persecuted Christians. After all, much of the book of Revelation is about uh, martyrdom and being persecuted and so on. So feet like fine brass, as as if fired in a furnace so so purified through through um through fire which is a picture of of persecution and it's a picture of martyrdom again there's that theme coming up again which i think is so relevant for us today which is that as we suffer as we are persecuted if that is what is about to happen to us we must allow it to purify us and not lead us off into sin or despair his voice was like a sound of many waters. So I think the idea that water sort of water, rushing water sort of goes out everywhere and, and gets in everything. Um, it's an image of the way that Christ's word um, reaches to the ends of the earth. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two edged sword was coming out of his mouth. Um and actually, I was making some notes on this earlier, and I I didn't actually make any notes on the stars, so I have to um I have to go back to that and and find out what the stars, what the stars mean. I suppose they might refer to the letters that John is going to write, if I was just to guess off the top of my head. But certainly, the sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth has connotations of judgment. But also, this image of the of a sword is used for the word of God, which is associated with scripture uh, in the new testament for example in uh, ephesians chapter 6 the apostle paul talks about um the uh, sword of the spirit which is the word of god and in hebrews chapter 4 verse uh, 12 it talks about uh, the word of god being uh, living and active sharper than a double-edged sword and so on so the the sword which comes out of his mouth is his word and that word is is powerful to judge to divide truth from lies and so on and so forth. And finally, his face was like the sun shining at full strength. So again, we have this image of light, uh, illumination, uh, radiance, but also here perhaps a reference to the resurrection. 
after all the sun, uh, the sun sets and it rises every day. And God has made he has worked this in, into creation as a sign of the the dying and rising of, of his own son, Jesus Christ. So there's this there's this wonderful image of Christ here, uh, which we can sort of prayerfully and meditatively uh, conjure up as we as we read this book. But really, it's a, it's an image of the glory of God uh, manifested in the risen Jesus Christ. And this is what the Apostle John saw as he was praying and as he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Really, that's what I've got to say. Um, I think it's I think the, the message here is clear for us that we are to imitate the Apostle John in in seeking a vision of Christ in these days. And we are to allow the difficulties, perhaps the persecutions that might come to us to sharpen and refine our focus and to deepen our faith such that we might see him ever more clearly. So may that be so. Um, one of the things that's significant, I think, about the new restrictions and so on that are being brought back in is that they basically were announced the, on the eve of Advent. I forget the exact date, but it was, on, it was on Saturday a few days ago. And I think there's great spiritual significance in this because this is Advent is a time when we're supposed to be sharpening our focus and paying particular attention to our spiritual lives, um, specifically with reference to the coming of Christ in in his in his humility as a baby but also in his second coming so we're supposed to be focusing on eternal life and the hope that we have and how um how apposite how apt it is that the devil uses this this season to to sow fear and discord and to make everybody as miserable as he possibly can and to take our focus off of christ so my exhortation to anyone who's listening to this is to make sure that you have the best advent uh, that you've ever had in terms of your spiritual life focus on christ uh, fill your hearts and your minds with edifying scripture uh, engage in spiritual practices that you find helpful to draw near to god if you're a beginning christian um, then keep it simple pray regularly use simple words uh, read the gospels read the new testament um, and and try your best to learn the faith as much as you can. Um, I always recommend mere Christianity for for new believers because I think it's so helpful. But something I've been reading actually, um, which is which is an old book, but still I think something which any anyone could read really is a book called On the Incarnation by Saint Athanasius of Alexandria. It's a brilliant book to read during Advent because it talks about the reason that Christ. Uh, came as a man, uh, what that was for, why is that, why that is so significant, and that will help you uh, during this um, Advent season. So the version I would recommend is uh, is published by um, St. Vladimir Seminary on the Incarnation by Alex, um, Athanasius of Alexandria. You can pick it up online very, very easily. But if you're looking for something uh, to read, some Advent devotional, uh, that's a good one to start with there. So make this the best Advent you possibly can. I'm going to finish this short reflection with a uh, prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. And this is the collect for the first Sunday of Advent. So let us pray. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armour of light. Now in the time of this mortal life, in which thy son Jesus Christ came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty, to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal 
through him who liveth and reigneth with thee, and the Holy Ghost, now and forever. Amen. Okay, so look out for the uh, the special episode hosted by Danny Duran, and uh, I'm hoping if everything goes well, uh, Tom and Daniel, the other Daniel, and I will be there for that, so that hopefully that episode will be good. But until then, God bless you. Um, thanks to everyone who's written to the show. You can always send an email at irreverendpod at gmail.com. We'll endeavour to read it and, and hopefully to respond to you in a reasonable time. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that on patreon.com forward slash irreverend. Uh, you, can, you can support us um, uh, with, with a small contribution if, if you'd like to do that. No pressure on anyone, of course, and there's no expectation. Follow us on Twitter at irreverendpod. And also we're on Telegram. It's quite nice being on Telegram. So t.me forward slash irreverendpod to join our channel there. Just to say that I'm always I'm always um, so grateful for the listeners writing in, leaving comments um, and feedback. It's a wonderful thing to see, and it's it's deeply touching, and it makes our our endeavours here feel very meaningful. Uh, if I could ask you to do something, if you like the podcast, do please share it as much as you possibly can, and rate us rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast. Um, if you like the podcast, if you don't don't feel like you need to to rate or review it, that's fine. But if you like it, go ahead, give it give it five stars and write a nice little review as well. And then that will help other people to find the podcast. So share, rate and review and uh, tell your friends and family about the pod as we'd, we'd love to uh, continue to see it grow. Thanks and thanks for everything. And uh, that's all for now. And do do look out for this latest podcast, um, which will be coming uh, to you uh, this week. OK. Thanks so much and God bless.